handle the truth. Jim Price of Jim Price Show Daily Update. Thank you guys so much for being here. It is uh, January 17th. It's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 29 day. I, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. So, all right, guys. Good to see you. Thank you so much for being uh, 2024. So, good to see you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, as we continue to go down through this, this amazing journey we're on, I didn't realize that Chip Roy out of Texas was such a Ron DeSantis lover. And uh, I actually got to see a clip of him. And I say clip, I actually got to watch it and on TV. I just happened to catch it. And he was talking about how wonderful a job that Ron DeSantis is going to do in the White House and how amazing it will be to have him as a leader. Now, the problem I have is that, yes, he was willing to snitch out on Nikki Haley for saying that she was able to bring in several thousand Democrats to switch and flip her vote or flip the vote so that she would actually get more delegates. And I didn't know old Chip Roy was a, was a globalist. I kind of thought he was a different kind of guy, but I guess at this point I have to look at him and go, okay, I get it, man. Uh, that's what you want to be, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. And I mean, why, why would I have a problem with him deciding he wanted to be who he wants to be? I'm not gonna, not gonna say anything to him. It's fine. He he does what he has to do. That's great. Let's do that. But my problem with uh, this whole thing is that I I kind of I was thinking that he was a different guy. He gets to be who he wants to be. I'm not trying to change who he is, but I definitely do want to identify who our enemies are and what the enemies look like. Now, where we go back to this whole Nikki Haley thing, I, I, the problem with that, the reason I named today's episode uh, Sour Grapes is because of this, it, there is sour grapes out there that Nikki Haley did not come in first and that she was not the contender that she needed to be, that she really should have won Iowa. Well, if she had to bring in thousands of votes, and he named a, a number of 8,000 votes that were Democrat votes, that she's she these people were Democrats, and then flipped over to the um, Republican side to be able to vote for Nikki. I mean, what a globalist move! What an establishment move! This is part of that bureaucracy, the establishment, the the cool kids club stuff, right? Now she's over in New Hampshire and um, doing her her campaigning for the next one, which which again she. She feels that she should be able to win this whole thing hands down. It shouldn't be an issue. She's going to be able to go to New Hampshire and just wipe it up. Guys, we are still in January. We're not going to be done with a lot of this until the middle of the summer. And then we're going to have these. And there's going to be multiple nights. Isn't there like a Super Tuesday coming up where there's a whole bunch of delegates that's supposed to happen in one or Super Thursday, or deer to deer to deer to deer. Isn't there supposed to be that whole thing? Well, we're going to continue to go through this, and it's going to be painful in a, long, a lot of ways. We're just going to have to we have to really deal with that, right? We're going to have to kind of figure out how to muddle through these. But the sad part of this is, is that I, I just, 
I guess I would think of it as the arrogance of the establishment, these people who are these ruling class who believe that they're so much you know better than the rest of us, and they know what they want, and they want to you know dictate that. Which, again, if I had 10 or 20 zeros in my bank account, and whatever the first number doesn't really matter if it's a 1 or a 10 or a 1 or a 9, right? Um, if I have 20 zeros in there, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's a lot of zeros. If I have, you know, 8, 10 zeros, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, it, the first number really doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't really matter. But if I got a lot of those zeros and I want to throw a few of those zeros at somebody and I want to be able to buy that vote, well, I start beginning to believe that, you know, I could pick winners and losers, and I can make those decisions that I believe that you stupid people, and I do mean you stupid people, because this is how they, I'm, I'm giving you their version of you, their version of what they think of you, and and if you guys think somehow they're over there just like, oh, you know, I, you know, we're going to have to really make sure that the, you know, everybody gets to, uh, you know, be a part of the, the winning solution in the future, and we're going to do all this together, and it's going to be great, and uh, Juliana, good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Lindsay, thank you so much for being here as well. Guys, remember, like, share, and comment. Like, share, and comment as often as possible. These people really don't, they're not, they're not wringing their hands worried about whether you guys are cold or dying of heat or, or whether you've had a, a, a proper meal or that you are ingesting the chemicals that they keep putting into you. They don't. They don't care. They're not. They're, you, th you think they're doing this? I mean, I don't mean to confuse that sentence there, but if you think they're worried about the chemicals they're putting in your food, oh wow, did we do that? Did we put that in the Oreos? Did we? Ah oh, man, I so sorry. Uh, didn't um, uh, good. Uh, she says yes. Uh, here is a uh, he is a rhino. Says Juliana about um, Ron DeSantis. So when you think of like. These people, they're, they're not worried about you going, oh, boy, I, I, did we put that chemical in that meat? Oops, sorry. We're, we need to stop that. We, Our suppliers just misrepresented to us what we thought was, you know, amazing, right? We, we were really trying to make sure that we're giving you antibiotic-free chicken. Not that the chicken isn't plumped up with 50% water. By the way, guys, <laughs> initially... The first time you water the Kool-Aid down, that's your initial profit bump. Everything after that is really just regular business. And when you go into a situation where you're saying that I need to pump water and create a technology with starch and some other things that allows me to pump water into a piece of chicken or a meat or whatever, and you know I pump that in there, that initial little bump of profit's great, but then I'm, I'm spending money all the time giving you not meat. I mean, have you ever actually cooked down a piece of chicken in a pan and realize that you're like, there's a lot of water coming out of this? There's a lot of water, a lot of liquid, we would say, right? A lot of liquid. But we don't want to say it's water because, by God, that means that we're actually just buying water, which we've actually said is okay because we buy water at grocery stores and at convenience stores and by the case at big box stores. And um, so this is a continuing saga for us that we have this problem where I don't think people are realizing. Anyway, just let's just do this. Let's do this. These people don't care about you. They 
they literally are the true definition of what you would consider be a selfish and self-centered person. They can't help but always make sure that what is best for them is what is being done. Now, granted, that 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 is a hard that's a hard pill for a lot of people on earth to swallow. I get it. I just don't want to have to keep doing this over and over again. I don't I, I'm just telling you guys, I want to get out of this and I want to move on from this system. I want to be able to get to a certain point where I can say, you know, I, I did, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do what I can, and I'm going to get out of all this. And I'm going to be a better man, right? That, that's, that's okay to say that or ask that, right? So here's my problem. I believe that a lot of these people, there are things that they may have set into motion that they thought initially. I, I'm trying to give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt say that, yeah, there's some things that they're doing there in their lives. And, you know, they were really trying to, well, hey, we could do that, but just don't screw up the chickens or don't, 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 uh, don't do this or don't do that. You know, and if we do that legislation thing, let's make sure that we're not going to do something stupid like take sulfur out of diesel fuel, which makes the diesel truck run longer and more efficient and allows the individual who's operating to actually keep money in their pocket. Listen to what I just said. We take sulfur out of diesel because someone a long, long time ago said that sulfur emitted into the air is causing robin eggs. Yes, I said robin eggs to have a thinner shell. Not that robins weren't being born. Not that the robins were being on the endangered list or uh, possible or whatever. No, they just said that we need to start taking sulfur out of diesel so that we can actually stop thinning the wall of the robin egg. But the problem is there's no correlation or no causation. There's nothing there. And the problem is the statistics they were using to try to say whether they knew that the robin eggs were thicker or thinner in the past is really by assumptions only. And so, again, this is all part of this whole thing where we're talking about, like, how the establishment works, how the establishment thinks, what they think of us, whether they whether they believe we have value or not. It's okay to claim that they're going to bring in, you know, uh, this low sulfur diesel and, oh, it's so much better for the environment. But in reality, it's taking money out of your hands. See, when the trucker has to rebuild his motor every several hundred thousand miles instead of every million or two million or three million or five million miles, that means that that truck is off the road for up to a week to a month, depending on how big of a teardown they're doing. But then also the problem is is that you're actually burning less efficient fuel. The fuel itself actually becomes less efficient because they're taking out things that were lubricants that allow the motor to work more efficiently. But also then the soot that they try to collect Plugs up the exhaust. I don't know. This takes money directly out of your mouth. Period. But it doesn't bother them. Because they're still charging you on top of what the trucker has to charge you to get you the food to you. They don't care. And in reality, if they can drive the cost up of food. Now, this is something we don't always think about. When we draw the price, when we drive the price of food up, and let's say it's on an egg. 
I'm gonna. We got an egg. I don't know how. You know, we, it's got. We got an egg. This is my obviously my mouse. Um, you got an egg. The egg costs a dollar. Well, if I say, oh, you know, oops, we had the avian flu, and we're having to destroy millions and millions of birds, which are including laying birds, and we're not going to have eggs. Oh, but you know, we're going to do our best just to only increase the the cost of the egg by ten percent. Well, if they're charging you a dollar an egg, which is about what we're getting to now, if they drop it up 10%, that's a bigger number than if it was 10 cents an egg. Do you see what I did there? It's this normalization, this conversation of things, and you will see that this is a this is psychological warfare on this. Well, we have to do a 10% increase. Well, 10% of a billion dollars is a lot of money. 10% of a dollar is not a lot of money. Still 10%, right? But the problem is, is that they can figure out a way to make everything so much more expensive. They can make sure they just keep stacking and stacking and stacking on top of it. Guys, if you really get down to some of the stuff, we have become so dependent and modernized that we have begotten, gotten now ourselves into an, a very abusive relationship. And this goes right back to our elections. The same reason that we have abusive relationship with our government is because they have got, they've gained abusive relationship within our, our voting system and how we vote and what we're able to vote for and who we are voting for and how they're already bought out and paid for. Now, if we go back to the old and uh, the old analogy of we put all of these congressmen in a suit, a jumpsuit, and show the patches, and the size of the patch on their jumpsuit is how much that individual has paid compared to other ones. So, do we see a big Pfizer across, you know, Travis Kelsey's chest because he decided to go with with uh, him and Taylor Swift have got themselves the Moderna Pfizer conversation they got that little money going so it's magical that right about the time that Travis Kelsey started dating Taylor Swift is exactly the same time that she started advertising for Moderna Pfizer and he started advertising for Moderna Pfizer hmm who sold out to what the sad part of it is that Travis Kelsey back when he first started out I thought he was a wild man I thought he was a little bit unhinged and that's what I liked about him is that when he would catch the football, he would fight a little extra harder, push a little further, and do his best. But I'm going to tell you right now, since he's been doing kissy face with the pigeon-toed Taylor Swift, and yes, she is pigeon-toed. I have seen her walking, and I have watched it, and having a disabled daughter, uh, you know, you, you pick up on certain cues or whatever, but if you actually see her, uh, her, she, she, her toes are turned in. Not that they say that's something. I mean, I'm not saying she's a bad person of it, but if you got the kind of money that she's got and she's whatever, don't you think that someone would have said along the way, "Hey, let's work on getting you some, you know, getting you to work walking straight forward so you don't look like you're doing that pigeon toad thing." I digress. But as soon as Travis Kelsey starts dating or doing whatever with with Taylor Swift, he gets his Moderna contract, his his uh, Pfizer contract. And now he's not the man that he used to be. He's not as good as he used to be. He's not good as what he. I think he should be. I think he should be so much more amazing than he is, but I think he's been limited. I think something else is going on there. And the fact that he's out there giving the shoulder with the two Band-Aids for the, 
the Pfizer Moderna, you know, mRNA modification, which I don't know if he has taken it or not, but that's up to him. But he's also doing the high dose quadrivalent flu, flu vaccines as well. And again, we have ourselves a situation where I think people need to start really taking a look at what is going on. Uh, Ken says, Kelsey's three ex-girlfriends were big, big booty girls, uh, <laughs> makes dating Taylor, uh, make, uh, makes his dating Taylor make sense, Jim. I, I can't, um, I don't, I just can't. And, and Bailey, she says, time will tell. I don't know. See, this is again, this is one of those situations where we have ourselves a individual who a couple years ago was a beast, and even last year was still a beast, right? But then this year, he gets the old Moderna, you know, the old government chemical thing going, and all of a sudden, he's just, he he's dropping passes, can't catch a ball, doesn't give the extra bit right after the, 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 the tackle. You know, it used to be when that guy, you go went to tackle Kelsey, it was like a whole nother event to see him push and push for extra yardage and get clear of the, the players around him. We're not seeing that. And the same thing with, you know, Ron DeSantis. When Ron DeSantis was needing that help for his elections and going forward, um, Ken says uh, he could be the next DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. I mean, he throws a clot. Micro, you know, he has the, uh, has the could have the heart condition, and it's a, it's a thing. But my problem, if, if we go back to this whole thing, I mean, Travis Kelsey could be throwing out a heart attack here in a minute, or he couldn't. I mean, he could be just a big liar like the rest of them. But he didn't have to. He had the love of a city and a love of fans that believed in what he was doing, and I think that he had a great future in that respect. But then, just then, you wanted to go out there, and I think I just there's something about Taylor that I don't like. I don't think her... Yeah, I, I understand it, uh, Ann. Thank you for that. Um... I don't, I don't like her. I don't like her music. I didn't like her when she first came out. I didn't like her back, what was it, 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was when she came out. I mean, I had grown men who were like, oh, man, you know, she's amazing, and she's so hot, and this and that. I'm like, I don't see it, guys. And I'm still there. Uh, Anne says uh, she's demonic. And, I, I do, I, and here's the thing. In her own innocence, maybe being naive or whatever it is that she decided that she wanted to sell herself or whatever, that's between her and her creator. And the fact that she has actually had the dealings with George Soros like she has, because remember, George Soros had possession of her entire collection. He had all the registered trademarks. He had all the rights and all that stuff. So again, we have to think, okay, what did she do to get it back? Because here's George Soros, who, you know, he's a bit of the uh, the Sith Lord, right? Or the uh, Chewbacca. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. Anyway, how's that guy still alive? I, I'm not talking about, like, having a heart attack or just getting old. But, I mean, how is he still alive? There's a lot of people out there that really have to be going, you know, you know, get uh, five knots of wind, you know, you know, doing the horizon. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's got to be a lot of people out there that have really got an opinion about his, you know, staying alive. Just saying. 
Uh, he's done a lot of things in our country and a lot of things around the world, and there's been a lot of people that I do see that he has harmed in a lot of ways. And uh, anyway, let's get off of that subject of Taylor Swift and Tyler, uh, t- uh, Travis Kelsey. Sad situation. I believe Travis Kelsey to be a good old boy, just a guy that's out there playing football, you know, we got to fight for our right to party, that whole thing. I get it. And I believe that that is true. And I believe his older brother is a, is a, is a simple guy and believes in simple things. And I think that that's nice to see. And I've, I've tried to watch a little bit of what their, you know, their comments and this and that. But the sad part is, is that um, this is a, this is a deal where it just gets, starts getting real muddy. You know, his brother, he said he retired from the Philadelphia Eagles just since he lost the, they lost the playoff game, and I get it, I understand, and tra- and he's a little bit older than he than Travis, and that's fine. And I believe he's a, he's a nice guy, but Travis had a great opportunity to do a lot of great things, and he does have talent, but I sure wish he was using it for the right reasons and not chasing that dollar in the way he has. And if he traded his soul in for that, well, that's on him and. I feel sad for him, and like I said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to keep having to go back over and over again and looking at different things and saying, hmm, should I have done this or should I have that? Well, should I have looked over my shoulder? I just want to believe that I'm doing the right thing, you know? I'm out here trying to tell you guys about iodine and copper and magnesium and all this other stuff, and I want you guys to be better because I want you guys to beat the system. I want you guys to beat the system. I want you guys better than the system, and I don't want you guys going out because this is how we screw it all up for them by us continuing to live happy, live healthy, and live longer. That screws up all of their plans. Uh, Ken, uh, John Kennedy said earlier about the uh, this primary in Iowa we just had in the sour grapes of you know the Ron DeSantis and uh, Chip Roy out of Texas. I just don't know why that really bothered me about Chip. I kind of thought he was a different guy. Anyway, uh, uh, Vivek was whispering in Trump's ear in New Hampshire, and it looked like he was nearly kissing him. Uh, yeah, I know, and um, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not a Ron. I'm not a Vivek. I'm not a Vivek fan. And maybe that's just on me. Maybe that's my opinion, and I should, uh, you know, stick it. Or maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. But I just think that there's a lot more out there that we need to look at, especially with Vivek. I get that he has said a lot of shiny things and seemed like he was really being the right guy and this and that, but there are just a few things I don't like, and I think I even referred to some of the uh, incidences where he was kind of speaking out both sides of his mouth and also the fact that he ties back to Pete Buttigieg. They were both at a Democrat town hall, and Vivek described himself as a Democrat as well as did Buttigieg. And I don't know. Um, <laughs> and Anne says uh, Vivek is pronounced Vivek. Ake? Vivek? Oh, Vivek like the snake. Vivek like the snake. Am I saying that right, Anne? I apologize. I, English is my first language, and I'm not very good at it, so especially when I'm trying to read it. You know, anyway. Uh, Ken says, Vivek was a millionaire and accepted a Soros scholarship. Ah, good catch on that. Good job, Ken. I appreciate that. Um, And again, this is one of those things that you have to really look at the bigger picture of things, pull back away from the shiny objects. Like I said, Chip Roy, 
Well, I've got a problem with him. Uh, I thought he was a good old boy out of Texas. I thought he had his uh, poop in a row, and I thought he was doing a good job, and <sighs> it looks like he hasn't, and that is a sad deal for me. He was on Roseanne's podcast. Bebic was. Oh, really? Well, I got to talk to her uh, son again, Roseanne Barr's son. She said that she was going to have me on the show, uh, and I obviously haven't made it to the top of the list. I guess Bebic was a little more important. I, I, I digress. You know, I don't, I get it. But uh, anyway, I thought she was a nice lady. I've met her several times and have been able to, you know, see her at different events. And I've always liked her. I think that she's doing a good job as well. Now, I do know that there's going to be some things changing in this coming year uh, about uh, her appearances and things of that nature. And when all that comes along, I think that we'll all be able to see that. Uh, Ken says, Jim, you met Roseanne. Are you going to be on her podcast or have her on as a guest? Ann says, I love Roseanne. And uh, Vivek uh, is colloidal silver, copper, magnesium infusion for the health of um, the health of America. Uh, Gary, what do you mean by that? I'm, I'm kind of lost. Vivek is colloidal silver, copper, magnesium infusion for the health of America. I think that I think I get what you're saying, but anyway, I apologize for uh, not quite getting it. Hey, Laurent, good to see you up there in Canada. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Laurent is a great fan up in Canada, old Canada, and uh, Laurent, good to see you, man. I appreciate you being a part of the show, and I do love how you're always liking, sharing, and commenting. You're always a good patriot for that reason, even though you live in the great, uh, you know, the great. North or what? What are we supposed to call you guys up there? The north, the neighbors to the north, the 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 cousin who doesn't show up to the the family reunion. I, I don't know. Maybe there's something else out there. Uh, John says they can continue raising the prices for the, uh, but the dollar is worthless. Worthless is worthless. Well, John, you're absolutely correct on that. How is it possible we haven't teamed up against or our killers after all their kills? Are we happy to be killed? I don't think so. But since I haven't been killed, everything, everything's all right with me seems to be the general attitude. Uh, yeah. John Kennedy, that is actually a very profound statement, I, and I appreciate that. Let me, let me expand on that a little bit, guys. So John Kennedy's over on Cloud Hub, and he's, he's always over there. So thank you, John, for being there. Great patriot. And he's the number one contributor to the Jim Price Show, by the way. Uh, he really does step up every month. Very faithful, and I do appreciate everything you're doing, John. Uh, he says, how is it possible we haven't teamed up against our killers? Now, that is a genuine, that is a genuine question. Um, after all, they're killers. Are we happy to be killed? Well, this is, again, a situation where, again, do you, you know, how, much, how much pain are you willing to tolerate? What is your pain tolerance level? How much are you willing to go through before you actually stand up and say, "Man, you know, I've kind of had enough of this," and I know there's a lot of I would I know there's a lot of very robust, very patriotic, very God and country, very loyal and don't and don't like to see people hurt kind of people out there. Okay, I know that was a big long sentence of drag ons there, but there's individuals out there who believe that. Life is amazing and should be taken as that and believe that, you know, if you kill old people in rest homes and you go out there and you issue some government chemical that's killing people or maiming them or changing their DA, 
there's some people out there who really do want to make that right. They do want to right the wrongs and do it differently. They really do, and I, and I can see that. I think it's important that we all think that there's people out there who do have that capability. Now, whether they do it or not, I, I, that's not my choice. But I will say it's actually kind of interesting to see that a lot of people, a lot more people aren't like just dropping like flies. I mean, you look at Larry Fink. Larry Fink is in control of $11 trillion in cash assets, cash-valued assets. He is the CEO. He is the president of BlackRock. Now, BlackRock, if you go in and you... I, I follow this guy, and I, I am so fortunate to follow this guy, and he backs up, and I don't think that he intended to actually start down this path. I think initially he was a bit of a liberal. And it's this, uh, he's over on TikTok, and he said it's called Cancel This Clothing uh, Brand. Cancel This Clothing Brand is his name. It's a long name. He's a longer-haired guy, got a dark mustache, and he goes through, and he breaks down. He breaks down all of these corporations. He breaks down all of the money. He breaks down the ownership between Nabisco and Pepsi. Well, also... BlackRock. So Nabisco and Pepsi own BlackRock, and then BlackRock owns 10% of Nabisco and 10% of Pepsi, and State Street and Vanguard own 10%, 10%. Vanguard is a hangover or a holdover from the shipping industry back before the Civil War. Yeah, Vanguard, it's still a, it's a part of an old trade route shipping company. He showed, he's got this ability, he's showed all of this stuff where how much BlackRock really owns of our economy, and they are the largest shareholder time and time and time and time again. And the reason that this is actually something I want to tell you about is that Larry Fink walks around as if he is some type of God entity. He just walks around as like, oh, you just look at me walking on water, Nobody, t- I'm untouchable. BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard are probably some of the most nefarious corporations on our life. You remember that movie Wally, that Disney movie Wally, where big the big lot or big whatever big corporation ended up owning the world, and then everybody was sitting around in a red in their red jumpsuit because it's red jumpsuit day, and they were drinking their you know their shake, and they weren't they were just big blobs of nothing. And they became very lethargic. They didn't fight for anything. They didn't struggle for anything. They weren't trying for anything. And so, by the way, I love this. I have three likes on my Twitter uh, live stream right now. On Twitter, on my live stream, I have three likes. And it says I have zero viewers. And I'm watching it. (laughs) Twitter, you guys got to stop, man. You guys are just so obvious. And oh, by the way, I have uh, I'm down to I went down to thirty two, thirty nine. Now I'm up to thirty two forty one. So I've gained a few. I appreciate those of you who've joined, but I lose so many of these over and over again. But anyway, the idea that BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard have literally those three have ten percent, ten percent, ten percent, which means then they own ten percent, ten percent, ten percent of each other. So they all own ten percent of each other. They're the 
all those those three Vanguard, uh, BlackRock, and State Street. They all own the major the, the largest shareholding group in each other. So BlackRock owns the most, and then and so they they all own each other. But then they own the first three positions at every major corporation you could think of. The reason this, and I know we started out on elections, so just work with me here on this. And this guy that he's been able to show this how Larry Fink thinks he's a godlike, but I don't think I don't know how this guy walks the earth knowing that what he's done. But when you guys, when you guys buy stock, okay, let's say this is the this is this is your corporation, okay, and the water inside of here is, and I'm doing this all on the fly, so sorry for the analogy if it seems like it's clumsy here, but. The water inside of here is all the stocks, all the parts of the company, right? Well, when you go to, let's say your company's getting big, like you you sell widgets, right? You sell crochet candy corns, okay? And uh, so you're selling crochet candy corns, and your company's getting pretty big. You're selling quite a few of these, right? You're just doing it. Remember one of my uh, listeners out of uh, New York, she sent me this and it, along with the pumpkin and some other stuff. It's it's been great having her as part of the show. Anyway, so um, you're selling a lot of these, and then you're just like, you know what? We need to go public because you know we're getting so big. Well, the problem with that is, is that the water, the stocks inside of your company. Well, you got to take all that out of there, and you got to give it over to the stock market, and the stock market will then. Hold all of your water, all of your stock, New York Stock Exchange or wherever it is you're going to register through. Excuse me, I'm going to drink some of my stocks here. But the problem is, is you no longer, you no longer have, you no longer own these. And that's what this guy has talked about. This guy with the, you know, owning the Black Rock State Street, the cancel this clothing company guy on TikTok. Very, very smart guy. I think and initially when he first started out, I don't believe that he meant to, to get down this path. I think he was just trying to be clever. And then it turned into a, oh, crap. We've, uh, you know, we're really screwed off here. Um, so, again, uh, Ken says, what's Twitter? I only know X. Jim is an X-man. Thank you. I appreciate that. But, yes, uh, X. Anyway, so going back to this, when you go and you you issue your you're issuing stocks, right, to be sold on the New York Stock Exchange, well, you leave all of those stocks with the New York Stock Exchange and you don't own there's no water in this cup anymore. They all belong over here. But then what the New York Stock Exchange does, and even though I've told you guys I've been watching uh, Raytheon to see where their numbers have been and uh, they're doing pretty good again. They're up. Uh, they're up uh, they're up like 10 or 15% since the opening of the Israeli war. Raytheon. Raytheon owns a lot of these uh, government contracts. Anyway, so you go and you, you say, oh, I want to I buy some of my stock. I want to buy a stock of the Jim Price show. And I'm like, hey, we were getting so big. I'm, I'm offering stock to the New York Stock Exchange. You guys go out there and, oh, it's an IPO, initial public offering, IPO. Well, I don't have stock anymore. It's all over here. But this company within... Now, by the way, there's a company within the New York Stock Exchange that owns all the stocks and that 
keeps them. They issue you vouchers unless you actually ask for the real stock. They will give you a voucher of stock, not actually the stock. So what does that mean that this company gets to do? That means they get to go out there and play with that stock in any way they feel like because they still own the real stock. You just own a voucher. You own a little you own a little post-it note of uh, like this wrinkly piece of post-it note here. You just own, you don't really own anything. And so when we all get to talking about the stock market and who owns what and why it is with the way we are, guys, I'm telling you right now, there are 8 billion people on earth. And globally, worldwide, and this is with me giving a little bit of grace on who I put in the pot, but there's only about 200,000 elites. But the 200,000 elites are the ones who are actually screwing it up for most of us. That's right. Think about this. There's a lot of people out there that are doing and making decisions, not because it's going to make you healthier, not because you're going to live longer, not because you're going to be happy, but because they took something from you. And that is what makes them feel amazing. That is the difference. So when we go around and we talk about how we see that there are people walking around like, like, Larry Fink of Black Black BlackRock or um, State Street or Vanguard or any of these guys, it really or George Soros. It amazes me when you see that these people are literally draining the blood out of you and telling you to keep going harder. And but one of these days you'll be you'll win, as they're draining the blood out of you, as they're pulling the very life essence out of your body. And that brings them pleasure. And I don't know for you guys or for whoever, but I don't, that's not how I want to define myself. Raymond, good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you checking in. But there's a lot more that we need to be more specific about and say, listen, we're not going to stand for this anymore. But if, how do these people walk around? I mean, Larry Fink was just as much a part of the whole pandemic, scandemic, because it launched his stock portfolio by into like another third or another half of value. So if he was worth a dollar, he's now worth somewhere between a dollar thirty and a dollar fifty. And this has happened globally. This is not something that's a phenomenon just in in the Midwest, America, or the East to West Coast of America, or just in America. BlackRock, State Street, and um, uh, Vanguard are amazingly powerful. And it does amaze me that we let these people walk this earth knowing that they're out there physically doing things to harm you and limit your health and limit your wisdom and limit your ability to have a connection with your creator. But who is a part of that? Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Chip Roy. Chip Roy is carrying water for Ron DeSantis. What is the Texas boy doing with the Florida guy up there on stage with him talking about how he pulled out a third place victory, but then trying to throw shade on Nikki Haley? 
Well, I, you don't have to try to throw shade on Nikki Haley. She's got enough of it on her own. She's got enough things to answer for. But again, we keep seeing things like this. It was a, well, Trump you know, had her in the administration. I think Trump had certain people in his administration only so that those people would then feel comfortable enough to go out there and expose themselves for who they really are. I think that's a bigger plan. I think there's more to that. But again, we have to talk about that. Nikki's name is Neem, Neemrat, Neemrat, Rita, Rita, Neemrata. So Nikki's Nikki Haley's name is Nimrata, Ray, Ray, A, R, A, T, A. Is the is the A long? Nimrata. So she's not American. I mean, I don't try to be. I'm not trying to be a jerk because there's a lot of Americans that name their kids a lot of weird crap. By the way, guys, there are two boys, and I will. I don't know how many people know this, but there are two boys in Wichita, Kansas, that wrestled for East High. And one name, one of the boys' name was Orlangelo. They're twin boys, Orlangelo and Yolangelo. Yolangelo and Orlangelo. Nimrata. Nimrata. Oh, okay, and thank you for that. Nimrata. Um, anyway, so Orlangelo and Yolangelo are two black boys who were, uh, were great wrestlers out of East High. And this was probably 10, 15 years ago or 10 years ago at least. So anyway, you guys um you guys uh you guys know what Orlangelo and Yolangelo spell? You know how to spell that? O R A N G E J E L L O or how about Y E L L O W J E L L O? Folks, when we talk about weird names in America, I think sometimes we take it to extremes as if we're trying to win a contest, and uh, there are a lot of people out there doing that contest winning uh, as we speak. But anyway, I did not know her name was Nimrata, so Nimrata, Nimrata. But anyway, Orange Jello and Yellow Jello were great, sh- uh, um, great um, wrestlers, and uh, here in Wichita, and I. Don't have anything other than that. I know that those names existed. But I do know that there was another kid that was named S-H-I-T-H-E-A-D. And I know that for a fact. And it's, I see, it, it's, it was documented. I even backed it up with a personal story of that individual. But S-H-I-T, Shathid, Shathid, S-H-I-T-H-E-A-D, Shathid, well, he was a football player, and I also did some announcing at the game he played in. Anyway, I don't know how we get cleared out. Oh, we're still talking about the globalists and all the other stuff. But how do these people walk this earth knowing that they really have screwed all of us off and we should really be upset with what they have been able to do to us? I mean, why is it George Soros walks freely? Why is Hillary Clinton, you know, out there running? By the way, where's the where's the body double for her lately? And Bill, man, it. Let me see. Was there a was there some type of a list or so? Was there something that happened that would make these 
people not want to be out in the public very much. I mean, it was the holidays. I mean, what do I know? I may, it could have been that they were just celebrating Christmas and and New Year's and and bringing in a a whole new year to be a better people. And they were really trying to do a great job. So maybe that's what they're doing. Um, and says, uh, yeah, that's exactly what his name was. S-H-I-T-H-E-A-D, Shathid. That's how I was told I was supposed to pronounce that. Uh, Bill's on vacation with Newsom, I think Cancun. Well, I that's awfully nice of them. Uh, maybe Ted Cruz was with them since Texas has snow again. <laughs> well, you never know on that stuff, right? Wow, where does a where does an hour go? Have we really already at forty five after? Man, you talk about a total just getting things done today. Um, we didn't have anybody over on the Jim Price show on Facebook. It was kind of amazing. We do have people watching, but we don't have anybody commenting over there. But good to see you guys. Um, let's see. Uh, we need to be we need to be mindful that there are reasons for us to to actually stand up and say we're not going to do this anymore. And when I talk about parallel economies. When I talk about how we should be creating another environment for us to be able to participate in where we go and we buy our fruits and vegetables and meats and you know our goods and our services from patriots that are outside of the tax system, you can starve that tax system back, guys. You really can. But right now, if you guys don't start participating in the starve back of your government, they're going to starve you. And you're going to be out there in the soup line hoping they're wishing that you had something to eat while they're handing you a little cup for each day, a little cup of potato soup or whatever crap they're trying to feed you. This is a big, big deal for us, guys. This is a big deal where we can actually create a parallel economy and be different than the other other people. We don't have to do that. See, this is, again, I, I it just, I, I get it. We have all been programmed, guys. Now, listen, this is why I'm working so hard. And I, I had to talk, I was talking with a friend of mine this morning and, they were like, you know, hey, what's up? And I'm like, you know, just I'm just working on some stuff, man. And and uh, they're like, you know, it's great that you're doing that. But I'm going to tell you right now, guys, I'm working real hard in here. I am. I'm working real hard in here. And I'm working real hard in here, not so much that I want to be different. That sounded a little LGBTYQ. Well, different. Um, I'm, I'm saying that I want to get rid of the programming. So that I'm not answering questions or doing things that are programmed into me. I want to live life with purpose. And I think that we've all been programmed so well sitting in those little little plastic chairs or wooden desks. Or, you know, I went from, I was a kid that we had the, the flip top uh, wood desk with the, some chairs had swivel, some didn't. If you had a chair with swivel, you were a cool kid. Uh, the janitor would come in once a year and adjust the seat so you could have a comfortable seat uh, on the desktop as well. Remember you had the, I, I don't know if you guys ever remember those. Some of us had those, but the younger kids probably don't remember. But these wooden desks in the elementary school that had, they were like a big tub with a wooden desk and you had a pencil holder up here and you could put your stuff in there and, and you had a little pencil holder in there and you could put it up and make it flat or you can make it tilted. Anyway. The programming that we got in our education system is literally detrimental to our life, how we think, our future, our connection with our source, our God. And absolutely, we should be thinking of this whole thing completely different. If these people continue to do this to us, then why are we going back to them and saying, sir, make, thank you, sir, I have another? That's stupidity in motion. 
That's dumb. Stupid, defined, doing the same thing over and over again, trying to look for a different answer. It's not going to work. And yet we keep going back to the corporations that Larry Fink and State Street and Vanguard and all those BlackRock are out there doing everything they can to pull every single dollar they can out of our economy so they can maintain control, so they are the answer to all your problems. But I think they're actually the cause of all the problems that we have. I do believe a smaller business footprint, I do believe a a smaller community creates a better individual. I don't believe high-rise towers. I don't believe that the not being able to touch the earth and see the soil and see the people around you and enjoy those things, I don't think that that's how life should work. I don't believe that that's what we were sent here to do. I don't think that's what where life should be, and I don't want to look back on my life and go, boy, I'm sure glad I had a 900-square-foot apartment that I paid $20,000 a month for in New York City. Nobody's going to look back on their life and say, thank God I did that. I was so glad in my 20s I lived in New York City and begged and borrowed and, and took everything I could to be able to live in New York. I, guys, I just don't hear those success stories rolling out of that. They're, they're like that. Now, there are a few people that have worked their way up to different things, and I get that, and that's the world you want to live in, then that's fine. But I also think that the apartment living and those kind of things and this big corporation stuff, this Wally type uh, business plan, this globalist effect, I don't think it's healthy for us. And I do think it's very self-destructive to the environment. I think it's self-destructive to us. Because remember, when they keep telling us that we have to lower our carbon emissions, that means there's less carbon for the plants to absorb to be able to grow. Everything that you see from a tree that grows out of the ground, everything you see from a flower that grows out of the ground, everything you see from a tomato plant that grows out of the ground, everything you see from corn that grows out of the ground is carbon. CO2. It's not pollution. It's plant food. But we don't want to have that conversation because if we actually get real honest with ourselves, then that means that everything that we've learned and keep repeating and going out there getting electric cars for, what? It's all a lie. Oh, the environment's horrible. Oh, the East River's on fire. Guys, we have done so much for ourselves, and yet we can't be blessed by those things. Why? Do we not, are we not allowed to live in a blessed life? Are we not allowed to say that we have a, we've been very fortunate? Are we not allowed to say that we have been given what we have been needed and it's right here in front of us and we can provide for ourselves? Anne says, uh, we've been lied to about everything. Well, and yeah, this whole religion, I mean, as much as I want to say this, and, I, and I, this is hard for a lot of people, but... The church has lost its way. The translation of the Bible has lost its way. The, the original transcripts of the Bible and the, and the original interpretations and the original language, again, we've lost our way. We've lost our way in how we provide for ourselves and food and, and shelter, what we think is actually comfortable. And we're the only ones out there trying to build things that are, that are absolutely destruct, destroyed constantly by nature itself. 
I mean, the one thing as a builder, I mean, I've had my contractor's license since 1999, is the one thing that you fight against is erosion, corrosion, rotting, failure. Well, in reality, why aren't we working more with the products and the environment to make sure they work together so that we actually be able to build things? I don't know, like some of these really cool Tartarian buildings. The stuff that really is neat and amazing to see. Those buildings are awesome. The mud flood buildings. There's so many things out there. It's just amazing to see. But we don't want to have that conversation, do we? Um, Jim, uh, John K says, you're helping us get out of the matrix of numbness. Oh, absolutely, John. I do appreciate your vote of confidence on that. And it is hard for me to sit here and watch a lot of people suffer when they don't have to. So again, just remember that there's so many things out there that we could be doing better for each other. There's so many things that we could see and make around us a better place only because we put forth the effort. If we break away from that matrix, we break away from the, the people that have been holding us down, we're going to find that we can create a parallel economy that just that allows them to wither on the vine and die. And that's what we want. We don't want the Larry Finks who sit around with a shaved head and looks down at us as, and us out of his ivory tower and tell us, the, oh, the little people, they worship me, oh, blah, 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 or whatever it is he does. I don't think he's that interesting. And I've actually listened to his speeches, and he's not that intelligent. He just happens to be the guy that's there. And again, here we go. So just be mindful that we're, there's a lot more reasons for us to be amazing out there for each other and do a lot of great things. But just be, just be careful, guys. Okay. Randall says the Vatican, the Jesuits created Islam. Oh, I know. There's a, there's a lot of things about our religion and other things like that that we, we need to get real honest with ourselves on because a lot of what we've decided is religion is actually tied back to a lot of human sacrifice, a lot of different things that we realize that we should be paying attention to and walking away from. And whether you believe that there is a God or whether you don't believe there's a God or whether you believe your God is Buddha or Allah or Jesus, I'm not going here to fight. I'm not here to fight you on that. But I do want you to look at the, what are the things that we do, just like the whole, the whole uh, calendar thing. I mean, the idea that we don't even celebrate the new year on the new year. We don't celebrate when we understand Jesus was born. We're not celebrating his birthday in September. We're doing it at the new sun of the winter solstice, the shortest day. And then the next day is the first longer day, the new sun. And so the new sun, they tied that into Jesus. So again, this is all very easy to pick up, but we don't want to have that conversation because it hurts because everything that we believe and everything we've done, I'm not saying you have to throw it all the bath and the the bathwater and the baby out and the pan. I'm just saying, hey, we need to be real honest about all these things, including where Larry Fink comes from, where he gains his power from, and those kind of things. Well, guys, you know that I am going to be uh, traveling this uh, traveling tomorrow. Uh, to Phoenix, so the next couple days I won't be on. Next week, uh, we'll have to figure out whether what days I'm going to be on, if I'm going to be on at all, only because I will be uh, helping out Jeff, Adam, a friend of mine. Uh, we are going to the Barrett-Jackson Auto Auction in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, I told him I would help him out at the event, and I have always wanted to go to that Barrett, uh, the Barrett-Jackson Auto Auction 
I've always thought it was very interesting. Even when I lived in Phoenix, I wanted to go, but I just didn't have the time. Uh, I've got this opportunity to go, so I'll be flying uh, on Allegiant tomorrow, leaving out of here at 12:30, getting into Phoenix, and uh, and and hopefully, you know, I I've tried, I'm gonna I want to have a you know try to enjoy myself a little bit. I'm sure I will be doing small videos or small clips or taking pictures, and I'll try to keep you guys up to date on what's going on. If I get a chance to go ahead and do a live stream, I will, and you guys know I will, and I hope that you guys understand that, you know, I I have done over 900-some episodes uh, over the last few years, and I do need a little time here and there. I'm not saying this is a vacation, uh, but I definitely am looking forward to spending a little time, and uh, I... I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do for a whole week in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, I Like I said, I do plan on helping Jeff with his booth. And he does, he, Jeff is my Colodial Silver guy. Uh, and I've actually shared that link with you guys in the past. But my Colodial Silver guy, Jeff Adam, really nice guy. I told him I'd help him. And like I said, I wanted to be able. Uh, Ann says, where can I find you on X? Uh, at the Jim Price Show. At the Jim Price Show. I'm over there on X on there. So thank you for asking, Ann. I appreciate that. And uh, so, guys, and if you like the, if you do follow me over there, and, you know, I hope you're one of the ones that stick because uh, Facebook keeps dragging the followers off of me over and over again. So, but anyway, guys, just be mindful that I am going to be around. I'm going to be here. Um, and I don't plan on, I'm not abandoning you or anything like that, but I am going to be gone. I do have uh, some travel coming up this year, and I will be going to lots of events, but those events are going to get me. Uh, around the right people, talking about the right things, being engaged with so many things. So I want you guys to see what's going on in the world around us out there, and you guys get to be a part of that. So thank you guys so much for what you guys have been doing. Remember, donate to the show as often as possible. Uh, keep the lights on, keep the Internet going, and, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a lot more things here in the coming future, a lot of neat stuff. So be, be mindful uh, to be a part of the Living Life with Purpose not living life in the programming. And remember, guys, My Daily Naturals is our supplement line here. Uh, if you guys go to My Pillow, the promo code price. If you go to My Daily Naturals, put in promo code price, on and on and on. So those are the things you want to do. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for all the kind words. Raymond, thank you so much uh, for everything you're doing out there. Uh, good to see you. And Ken, and uh, who else do we have out there? Uh, Gary over on X, good to see you there as well. And Laurent, thank you so much for being here. Uh, guys, remember the 10% we do for our neighbor, community, city, county, state, the federal government. The more you do for them, the less it to do for you. Learn how to be selfless and not so damn selfish. There will be a far, far better place. Remember, hold the line. Hold fast. Do not give up. Do not give in. We will win. I promise. Don't make promises. I can't, I can't keep, guys. Thank you so much for what you've been doing out there. We are winning, and you can see that after Monday night's a little event called Iowa Caucuses. We do have a reason to celebrate, and you guys should be very, 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 very proud of yourself because you're the reason that this is happening the way it is, and it's a good, good thing. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you so much for everything. I'm Jim Price, the Jim Price Show Daily Update. You guys will good to each other out there, and I will see you guys here soon. Bye-bye.